0: got it's on my list anything
1: yeah I've got stuff well you talk I'll talk you know where to go okay so we've got so we're live right now Uh, we're out there on Facebook and YouTube and LinkedIn and we're recording our program uh, today now today is interesting so those of you who are going to follow us today you're going to hear two shows because I'm going to be away next week so we're actually recording two programs first I'm going to record with Rick sent Rick's here say hey Rick (laughs) <laughs> hey, hey Rick! Hey Rick! <laughs> <laughs> Rick's first, and then second show we'll be doing with John Ingram. So the first show I'm going to be doing with Rick, and we're going to be talking about uh, a handful of things. Number one, I've got the Fourth of July. You got articles? I've got articles. Okay. The Fourth of July in Vegas. Did you see the sphere? Did you see what they Maybe. did on the
0: sphere? I saw parts of it. Yeah. We
1: got to talk about. It. I mean, that was amazing, and that's going to be that's going to set us. I mean, I can't imagine anywhere in the world has anything like that. That's amazing. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that, and then the, the fireworks and all the variety of things that happen on the Fourth of July here in Las Vegas. Um, I've got a uh, article about the uh, uh, the seventy million dollar initiative from the state or uh, to uh, to boost 40, uh, affordable housing here in Clark County, which will be nice because we need we need <laughs> help at the lower end of our housing market. We need a lot of help. A lot of help, right? I mean, it's bad. And then then the the uh, state also saw fit to change one of the laws regarding tenancy which affects uh, my property management team, and I want to talk about that too. That's a law that basically says landlords can no longer charge any amount of money for any system in the home that relates to habitability. So, in other words, um, and we'll talk about this on air. But in other words, if the air conditioner goes out, I can't charge them a minimum service charge to fix the air conditioning anymore. I can't charge a tenant that
0: like they're like they had a hundred dollar minimum. They pay the first hundred and right. then everything. I like can't that. do. We can't, do, can't that. do that as a landlord. You can't do as that. Long anymore. As it's a-
1: habitable thing. It's a habitable thing. So we'll talk about that, And but there's an exception to it, and we'll talk about that when we get on air. All right. So let's just jump into this thing. Let's so we, go. We've got a handful of stuff to talk about. Um, all right. We'll do segment one. Let me get my clock up and running here. <clears throat> here we go. Segment one. Welcome to our show. This is Las Vegas Real Estate Now, where we bring you the three E's. Educate, empower, and engage. We want to help you to make your real estate decisions wise ones for you and your family. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld of the Blankfeld Group at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and we have over a century of collective real estate experience. I'm a licensed agent here in Nevada. My NRED number is S.0048897. On this program, we're dedicated to delivering timely balanced truths about local market conditions. If you ever have a question or an idea for the program, please call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. Today on our program, we have an outstanding guest, one of our returning champions, that being Rick Sanemi from Equitail. Welcome back, Rick. Thanks for having me again. Glad to have you back. Always good good to have you here. You bring some great insights for us, and, and I know you have your, your fingers on the pulse of this real estate market. So um, I have a handful of things I want to talk about today, Rick. All right. First um, we're recording the show on uh, Wednesday, July fifth. It's going to be airing on the eighth, Saturday. But uh, this is the day after the Fourth of July celebration here in, in Las Vegas, and every year it's it's kind of a big deal um, <laughs> here in Vegas. And a lot of people love to come to Vegas for the Fourth, which is great. It's, it's you great, have the fireworks on the Strip, and and
0: uh, you know fireworks everywhere,
1: <laughs> all over town. That's the thing. So I found this article in the paper um, uh, by Mark. Credico from the RJ. And he was talking about, in the headline being, there's no better place to be. Las Vegas goes big on Independence Day. And this year they had the, the fireworks out of Caesars. They had the fireworks uh, out at Red Rock. They had fireworks
0: in Henderson. In Henderson, they had them too. Oh, they had them at uh, I know Green Gre- Valley Ranch. Green Valley Just, Ranch. Know, sent, uh, uh, had fireworks. I want to say the M had fireworks as well. Yeah. A couple, oh, yep. couple other places didn't have fireworks. Uh, Dragon Ridge usually does, but they okay. did not have them. They had them at Lake Las Vegas, too. Lake Las there. Vegas had them. So mm-hmm. Henderson had probably three or four big firework shows. Indeed. And then Cashman Field had it. Floyd Lamb had it.
1: Um, I think my neighbors had one, too. So that was it. <laughs> my neighbors did, too. And yeah. That's always a little scary, isn't it? I mean, look, you know, the town's, yeah. a, t- the town's a tinderbox. You know, you don't go <laughs> shooting rockets off in the middle of neighborhoods. It's not a good idea.
0: It's a little dry out here. It's a little. and I'm sure the fire
1: department does not appreciate having to put out, like, some 90-plus right. fires yesterday is what they had to do, deal with. Which wow. is, is, you know, look, we want to celebrate. We want to have a party. We want to have a blast. But you know what? Let's, let's you know, watch out. Tone it down a little bit. Just, just a tiny bit, guys. You know, nothing like, nothing like knocking out a couple six-packs of Bud and then sending rockets up into the air. Uh, Carly's <laughs> laughing because she knows that's exactly what happens. <laughs> she's, she's denying everything. Um, no comment. But the other thing that happened was The Sphere made its, made its debut. It did. And what a spectacular show. I mean,
0: just amazing, I, right? I, it was it was impressive. I didn't think it did that. I, I know. I, I thought you thought knew, it was on the inside. Some, I thought it had some lights, right? I don't want to be the guy changing the light bulbs on that thing. But, Can you imagine? I mean, there's a lot of uh, sort of a lot of variety too from all the different. They displays, went at it. I guess they went at it.
1: I mean, with with the video that they produ- produced on the exterior it was just it was really remarkable. I mean, I was just stunned, right? Um, and I, like you, I had no idea they had that capability. Um, and just a really, Im- just impressive. Um, and I got to you know, let's give kudos to to Las Vegas. Let's give kudos to our hometown. And
0: hey, we're we're a
1: destination for the
0: for the Fourth of July. Oh, definitely a destination. Right. I mean, between I would say between Las Vegas Strip and and more than just the strip now. Right. The only other comparing cities would be the beach cities in California. Yeah. Out other here. Other than that, I don't. Yeah. I mean, and, I, don't, and, and, I don't hear a lot of people saying oh i'm going up to right you know the mountains for fourth of july to watch the fireworks they usually don't have them
1: no so. when you live out here that's this is definitely the place when i lived back east i lived in baltimore for many many years as many of you know being a ravens fan i just want to say that oh, while well, rick's sitting uh, here um and and then <laughs> not everybody's perfect <laughs> uh, but we used to go to dc for the fourth yeah. and you go down and sit in the you sit out in the mall there and and they shoot fireworks over, and that was really cool. See the fireworks kind of reflecting off of the Washington Monument and off of you know, the, the the Lincoln Memorial and all that stuff. It was pretty pretty amazing. I, I
0: know a lot about fireworks. I used to. Uh, my uncle used to run one of the largest firework companies. Is that in, right in the country? And, Son of a gun! Uh, I used to go on on uh, trips with them. So really? They would go. So I know how these. Well, now it's computerized, but sure. The old days when they would shoot them off. <laughs> really? It was, a, it was a, uh, no, it was a bit well electric. It was done electrically, and you had to complete the circuit. I see. So it was a big board, and it had all these like metal knobs on it, and you would touch the pen Uh to the knob, and that would complete that circuit. Send a spark. And send that firework up. And the board, it probably had 500 knobs on it. Oh, my goodness. And it was timed. So in the guy's ear, all you would hear is one, two, and he just knew when I hear five, and the board was labeled. So six, he'd hit that. Okay. Eight nine he'd hit that okay so not every second would have a firework to go but that's
1: that was that guy's job sometimes you pause for the dramatic effect you know let the sky go dark for a
0: moment then all of a sudden kaboom you know the big stuff exactly now it's all done on computers and they they load the show into the computer done and they hit the button and they just make sure but they have the backup in case it goes down oh sure they can start they can start um firing from there so yeah very
1: interesting so okay so the, I mean, these fireworks, and they're expensive. I mean, I was, I was reading a little bit of an article uh, before the weekend about, about fireworks and how expensive they are now. They are. Um, the, the, are they manufactured only in, uh, I mean, I heard the best ones come from the Far East, but
0: I mean. So, my, I don't know much about the, the manufacturing. I know some of them are built. So, Western Pennsylvania has a couple different fireworks Okay, okay. Um, in, in some of the fields there, they have basically bunkers. Oh. So, all you'll see is like a little mound and there'll be a door. Oh. and you'll go down into those, and that's where they store a lot of the different mortars. Sure. And some come from overseas. Um, okay. Italy's a big producer of fireworks. Okay. Um, China, big yeah. producer of fireworks. Right. But then there's some that they, they make. Here in the U.S. Still, yeah, I don't know if they still do that. I know they used to. Yeah. But they would make at the... At the and those factory. things are—they're huge too. The the, the
1: mortars are pretty—they're pretty, they're pretty they're, big. They're
0: interesting. I mean, they come in—you would think, uh, you know—two inch tubes, three inch tubes, four, five, six, seven, eight. Just depends on right. on the size and the actual. So it actually it actually fires like a like a weapon. It's like it's, oh yeah yeah it yeah, shoots yeah. off like I, a rocket. I was at. Um, Golf course early morning yesterday, uh-huh. Southern, Southern Highlands Golf Course, and they had a fireworks show. Oh, did they? And they used their driving ranges where they shot them from. Neat. And you could see they're in crates uh-huh. with tubes, oh. and then you can see the cabling coming out of them. But that's wow. you, you'd be surprised. There's not a lot of them to put on a show. Really? Yeah. And I've seen shows that are 45 minutes an hour long. Right. Um. And and that's a little bit different. That's a lot. Yeah. So, but there's. It's an interesting. It's pretty fascinating on how it actually happens. Yeah. And how they load the actual mortar to make that display in the sky.
1: I can imagine you've so. got to be. You know, look. Uh, I can imagine you really got to be safety conscious and and oh, yeah. really thinking about because those things can really do some harm.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, that's a that's a it's major a, explosion. explosion. Major yeah, explosion. An explosion. And you know, it's funny people out here and those are like, "Oh, we're gonna go see the fireworks show." I'm like, "I'm I'm okay." Yeah. I, don't, I don't need to go see it. I'm Richley, yeah, I'm done with I've that. See, I've seen a lot of inside them, but and out. Every once in a while, yeah, you like to, you know, you like to see them.
1: That football player who a few years ago blew, blew a finger off his hand. No, yeah. I remember uh, reading about him. Uh, he played for Tampa Bay. I can't think of his name right yeah, now. Yeah,
0: he was originally from the Giants. Yes, right. And then, and then right. he went and played for Tampa Bay exactly. after he blew his
1: hand off. After he but, blew his uh, hand off, yeah. He. He. he uh, so yeah.
0: got to be careful. They're dangerous.
1: They are dangerous. And that's the thing, you know, and, and I live in a neighborhood where I know the neighbors, they, they shoot rockets off in our neighborhood, and and you have no control over where that thing's going. They're not. These guys are not professionals. Like, you know, don't, they don't have right. the experience you had. <laughs> and they're just, you know, they're they're lighting a fuse and aiming a rocket in the sky and hoping it doesn't, like, do do some harm. Tip over. Yeah, if it goes
0: sideways, man, their house is going up in flames. <laughs> yeah, I, I was. I mean, we there's always been illegal fireworks out here. Right? Oh sure, but I've never seen the amount yesterday. That oh, crazy. I'm I'm talking full blown mortars going up in the air. So yeah, yeah. I was I was a little bit, and they were right next to my house.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's same same with us, and you know, and you see, you can even see the sparks landing. You know, you're like, wow, that's if it hits something. You know, dried and ready to to it's burst. Out. It's going. It's, it's going to happen. Yep, for and sure. Let, and let's face it. We're right now in the uh, 100 100 degrees for the last few days. It's Everything's little, pretty dry, it's right? A now. <laughs> it's a little dry. Rain
0: would help right now.
1: Yeah, a little rain would be, would rain. be nice. But we're not going to see rain for a while, unfortunately, I got a feeling. Um, hey, listen, uh, look, we, we we wanted to at least touch on the on the 4th of July. Uh, I appreciate Rick's expertise in this. I had no idea. That's great. That was good stuff. Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break. We're on a couple of commercials. We're going to come back. And we're going to talk a little bit uh, after the break about um, affordability, affordable housing here in Southern Nevada. So stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. Yeah, we'll do the $70,000 initiative.
0: So I used to go to Toledo, Ohio. Oh, yeah? And my uncle was in charge of the show there. And the show was an hour long. An hour? An hour. They would shoot it off of barges in the water. Right. And it was... Toledo's on the lake there? Or is it a river? River, River, that's right. Yeah. Right. Uh, But it would... Four barges. Four full-size barges just anchored... And we would be out on the barge and wow. just hang out and watch the guys set it up. So it was interesting. That's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that one time. You know, there's um, we helped a client who moved here from Baltimore. He he, he does the uh, pyrotechnics for the Raiders okay. for the games. So, they you know, they shoot up his little cannons yeah. and all that stuff. You know, that he does that stuff. He yeah. does it around the country.
0: They do it when they score,
1: so he's not, he doesn't have much work. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. It'll be probably be a quiet year for him this year, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's get into segment two. Here we go. Welcome back. I'm Harvey Blankfeld. You're listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. We're here every Saturday at 11 a.m. If you ever have a question or an idea for our program, don't hesitate to call or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702-203-1165. With me in studio, we have Rick Sandme here from Equity Title. Rick, I want to talk a little bit about an article I found Uh in the RJ uh, just this past week. Uh, it's written by Ricardo Torres Cortez, uh, and the headline is 70 million dollar initiative aims to boost affordable housing in Clark County. So, the county announced that it's, that it's uh, pulling 70 million out of its reserves to uh, create a fund for rental housing this year. Another 20 million will be used for supportive housing developments. So, they're going to try to actually build some housing. Uh, in the county and i know some people are 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 kind of panicking well i hope it's not too close to me that kind of thing the truth of the matter is is we need these desperately oh 100 i didn't even know they had a reserve fund well i guess they you know they've been doing i mean look i know nevada's got a, a reserve i mean nevada's built up a nice little well, nest egg. Nest egg, yeah. yeah. You know, the the rainy day fund, quote unquote. <laughs> um and so but these these dollars originate from the Welcome Home Initiative created in twenty twenty two. Concrete plans for how the new funds will be are still forthcoming. But Clark and I'm reading a quote out of it, Clark County continues to make historic investments in affordable housing through our Welcome Home program because we know the need in our community is great and available in our community housing market is limited. Uh that was a uh, commissioner uh commission chair uh, Jim Gibson. And what they're doing is they're they're going to help support some existing uh, low income housing, but then they're going to also add some uh, and build or renovate 3,100 affordable units for seniors and low income res- residents. Look, it's uh, you know y- you have to have I and there's look there's a fine line between a safety net and giving stuff for free, right? Right, and Definitely. it's a tough line. It's a tough that's a tough line to walk i mean I, I can understand why some people might be upset hey i don't want people getting you know i don't want to pay for other people's housing but the truth is is that, that people have hardships there are issues Definitely. that create these hardships that are beyond their control yeah and, th- and
0: they're gonna they're gonna pay one way or the other they can pay through this program right or they're gonna pay a different way exactly right so Right. At least it'll be transparent and know what you're paying for.
1: And 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 not not to go overboard on this, but the, the government the government's the only entity that can really do anything about this. I mean certainly we could have charities right. that handle it, but honestly to coordinate this type of an effort, it needs to be the government. And in this case it's Clark County doing it. Um and, and so I think it's you know, there there are over five thousand people who are homeless right now. Um, and fourteen thousand people living at the street some point during the year, which is, you know, that's we don't have the same issues like L.A. and San Francisco. I was say, that's thank pretty, goodness. That's a
0: low number compared to those cities.
1: Yeah, thank goodness we're not like they are. And part of that is honestly, cause it's just too hot here. You know, if yeah. I'm homeless, where do I want to be? I'm going to walk to L.A. That's exactly right. Yeah, I'm going to be somewhere where enough to deal with 115 right. degrees. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, we've got we've got an issue here too, so we have to deal with it. And so uh, Clark County's stepping up and doing some things. We've been talking about this too. I hope also that they would do
0: something for entry level purchases. That's what I'm hoping. That's, that's always a challenge because you can come out with some initiative for entry level purchases, but once you get past that, they're no longer entry level, and now they're back on the resale market. Yeah. and people are profiting from it. Yeah, and, and there's restrictions that can be placed on there, but how do you do that? That's what you're right, Rick. It's tough. Uh, it's,
1: it's a challenge. You know, how do they make sure that's not being abused? I mean, that's the thing. Right. You know, whenever they have these programs, there's always abuse, and that abuse frustrates and angers everyone.
0: I mean, we we need low call it priced homes. Yes, right. right. And and whatever that is, is that of income qualification, but we need a place to build them. Right. We need someone who's going to build them. Right. And we need to be able to keep that price affordable. And we're reaching a point in this valley where we are beyond the affordability.
1: That's the thing. It's tough for uh, entry-level buyers to find any kind of product that they can afford. Right. And based on our median income and so forth, we're really – there's a gap. There's a huge gap right now. And, I, look, again, I understand. Look, we don't want to create a situation where anybody can buy a home. That's not the right. objective here. We, we right. went through that. We know what that's no, like. We don't, we don't want that. That's ugly. That is very ugly. But what we do want is responsible people to be able to have an opportunity to, to at least make that first step. Yes. Because like I always say, that first step's the hardest one in home ownership. Yeah, once,
0: once you have one and you yeah. start, you can use that to, to go to the next. Precisely. And and therefore, you understand home ownership. You understand what it takes. Yep. And either you decide, I want to be a homeowner for the rest of my life or I could rent for the rest of my life.
1: And that's the thing. I mean, people make those hard choices. and But making that step into home ownership is maybe the toughest and most difficult challenge for some people financially because you need a down payment. Yeah, I mean, for most of them, unless you're a veteran, you need a down payment. Right. You need to be able to at least consider being able to cover the closing costs unless the seller's willing to help. And, and you need to be able to uh, have a decent enough credit to be able to get a mortgage. You have to have those things. But once you have them, you need to do it. Right. You need yeah. to do it, guys. I don't
0: think there's any question that that's a wealth-building strategy is don't home. Right. I mean, that's been proven time and time again.
1: Over and over and over and over that again. I don't care what the real estate market's doing. If you're not owning, you're you're missing out. Right.
0: you're just missing out I mean, especially now you, you that is a a wealth generator for not just you but kids down the road like yeah. there, there's so many different options that you have you're, you people don't realize and not to get into the financing end of it as well, but it's a quote a savings account that could be there for them if they need to with using HELOCs or home right. equity lines of right. credit like yeah. it, it is definitely home ownership in my opinion is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, I've said it before, you know, I'm not a good
1: saver. I'm not. I mean, look. It's hard. I'm not a good saver. I mean, if I've got money, unfortunately, I'm probably spending it, you know, on on this, that, or the other for my kids, myself, or for whatever. So I'm not a good saver. But my home, that's my savings account. Mm -hmm. I know I'm paying my mortgage, and I'm buying down the principal, and I'm appreciating the value of the home. So I'm putting money away by buying that home. And it's money that I could tap into later should I need it. Definitely. You know, so it's. And, and, and as you're listening to this and you're, and you're out there, maybe you're out there renting right now. You say, gee, you know, Harvey, that makes sense, but it's, you know, what do I do? You know what? Call me. Text me. I'm going to get you started. I want to get people into their first home. And, and you may think it's, it's out of reach. It's not. For ma- many people, it's in reach. They still don't know it. And that's an unfortunate reality. They don't realize how, what they have to do or how to do it. And I want to get you there. I want to help get first-time home buyers into homes. I think it's really important. That's one of the reasons we do the show. I don't want people to be afraid of real estate. You know, it can be daunting, right? <laughs> Rick, commit, and, I, Rick commit, and I are scared all the time. Commitment issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're scared all the time. Um, so, so I mean, so what? I, I guess what, I guess what we're trying to say here is, is, guys, is that the fact that the county's helping people with with rentals is is it doesn't it should not preclude you from the idea of considering purchasing a home. Uh, and look into it at least investigate the worst thing that can happen is that you say no not now but maybe
0: later right i mean it's not it doesn't take a, a whole lot of time to figure out if you're right, right to be a homeowner you can go through the pre-call process you can go through the the like this area of town you can go through all those steps Fairly quickly. Yeah. And it's education. You're gonna learn more and more about so the next time you do it. Maybe now's not the time, but you know how to do it next time.
1: Here's the one thing I wanted to say is is that you'll never hear from a lender or a realtor, you'll never hear the word never. You can never buy a house. That's right. not gonna ever happen. There everyone should be able to buy a home at some point. You know, you gotta watch your credit. You got to put some money in savings, but if you do those things, you can buy a home. You can do it. That's right. Um, so just it's just a question, not a question of if, it's just a matter of when. And it may take you a little while to get there, but you should do that for your own sake, for your family's sake, and for your future family. Like you said, for generational wealth, even
0: right. It helps so to build generational gonna build up, wealth. It's going to build up a nice yep. nest egg.
1: Yep, it's the smartest thing you can do financially. I think as a personal from from a person who's who's done that myself. I, I we bought a house when we were young, and we were able to. To parlay that into where we are now, just by moving up step by step through our our life, and we were able to move up. Again, the first one was the hardest. That's the only one I really had to write a check. The rest of them, I'm just taking money from my old house, That's, and moving into the new right. house. It's tra- easy. You're
0: just transferring to the next one.
1: That's exactly right. So once you get past that first one, there's nothing to it. So keep keep that in mind, guys. But again, remember that um, Clark County's out there to help with rent now. Also, so if you're struggling with rent, you can reach out to the <coughs> reach out to Clark County, and they. They're they're creating these plans to to offer rent structures that are a little more affordable, also because rents went up a lot the last four years, Yeah, for sure. Um, and they're starting to soften a little bit, which is interesting. Just but yes. just a little bit. Don't expect rents to go down too much, guys. Just don't. I'm just telling you right now. Don't <laughs> expect that, um, uh, because uh, home ownership is still expensive and landlords got to get paid. They're not going to do it not to make money. So uh, uh, be mindful of that. And there's still a shortage of properties, also. Right. That's the other thing. Hey, guys, we're coming up on the bottom of the hour. We're in a couple quick commercials. We're going to come back. i got a lot more to talk to you about, um, including uh, a new law that just came in, into effect to protect renters a little bit. So we'll talk about that. So, guys, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: Renter protections.
1: Yeah. They um, SB 381, they, they just passed this. Actually, I, I just found out about it. I didn't even know about it. Um, we just found out about it. And what it does is it says landlords are not allowed to charge any kind of fee, even a deductible amount, if the issue is related to habitability in the house. How about if it's caused by the tenant? Then it's another story. Then the tenant is responsible. As a matter of fact, they're responsible for the whole thing. They can be held accountable for the whole thing. So I want to talk through that process and, and make sure people understand what that really means, in my mind. Not being an attorney, but, you know, hang on, I need to get some water. Waterman? Sure, I'll take one sounds like if there's an AC issue or something yeah thank you sir okay segment three <coughs> all right segment three here we go <coughs> welcome back i'm harvey blankfeld you're listening to las vegas real estate now we're here every saturday at 11 a.m you ever have a question or an idea for the program please call or text me at 702-203-1165 again that's 702-203-1165 with me now in studio with rick sanemi here from equity title rick and i were talking about uh, the boost that uh, clark county is giving to affordable housing rick uh, i want to talk a little bit about a, a bill that was just recently passed um SB 381 just recently passed. The governor signed it, and it became effective July 1st. It became effective quickly. Uh, and what this, uh, what this says is this, is that a landlord uh, cannot charge a tenant for repairs that are related to habitability. So habitability issues in a home would be AC is the first one that comes to mind. Because here in Southern Nevada, AC air conditioning is a habitability issue. Um, <laughs> Especially when
0: it's 110 out.
1: Right. Security of the home, water, electric. Uh, refrigerator on that list? Refrigerator would not be on that list. Refrigerator would not be on that list, it, which is interesting. But, um, but you know, they need to have power. They need to have water. They need to not have major leaks. Those are things that relate to habitability. Um, and a roof over their head. And, again, secure windows and doors. Those would be habitability issues. So so what they're saying is normally, and most of the leases here in town have what they call, I call it the non-frivolity clause, basically what it says to a tenant, look, Mr. Mrs. Tenant, if something breaks um, and and, and uh, you want us to fix it, uh, we're going to charge you the first 75 or 85 or $50 of that to To get it done, right? Uh, so that if it's something minor, you can fix, just fix it. If you can't fix it, then by all means, call us, and you'll pay that first amount. What this What the this new law says is that, yeah, you, you know, landlords can charge that, except if that issue is related to habitability. If, if the air conditioner breaks, that you can't charge the tenant that eighty five dollar deductible that you're going to have to get to pay the home warranty company come out and fix it. Um, and worse than that as a landlord i want you to know as a landlord you got to provide that's the only air conditioner in the home and it happens in the summer you got to get them into an air conditioned space now either you get air conditioning out there you some people will say okay i'll get a portable and i'll put an air an air portable out there others will have to put them up in a hotel until they get the air conditioning air conditioning clicks, but you have to do that you have to provide them with relief from the heat it has to be right. provided so that's important so can you can they put somebody in a
0: hotel i mean yeah short term
1: we've done that okay. we've we've done that you know when we've had an air conditioning issue when we've done that. when we've had a water, water damage leak. water right. damage issue we've done that we have put them up in a hotel sometimes insurance covers that sometimes it doesn't so it's a question of what type of insurance you've got for it um and very often tenant policies will have uh clauses in there that will cover the hotel stays if they have to stay for something other than that so uh, that can happen, too. Um, but, but if, like, for instance, we just had an issue um, just come up this week where one of our tenants, unfortunately, the house got broken into while they were away. Some things were stolen, and 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 now the locks have to be changed. This, to me, is a habitability issue. So changing, we have to change those locks because if someone has access to those locks, we need to change not, it. Right, it's
0: not secure anymore. It's
1: not secure. Security becomes a habitability issue. In my mind, that would be an issue. Air conditioning is the biggest one, of course, here when we're talking about air conditioning here in Las Vegas. So, if the air conditioner goes out and you need to get it fixed, you know, you call the the, the company out. They say, okay, we need a part. It's going to take three days to get the part. For those three days, you've got to figure out a way to keep those tenants
0: cool. Right.
1: You know, again. Now, if they have more than one unit in the home, you're fine. They just go to the area where that is cool. Okay. You know, that's okay. But if they don't, if they only have the one unit and it's not working, you have to either provide them some kind of relief. It has to be, again, hotel or maybe a portable would be sufficient depending upon the size of the home. So, so you can't charge the tenant that deductible in that issue but what if the tenant didn't change the filters periodically like they're supposed to and it's in the lease and that's in the lease well, yeah, the
0: other thing too is that you asked that question but now you have a law that is changing the contract that everybody signed well yeah but the contract actually says
1: whenever the law changed the law takes precedent okay the so law the contracts all say that so yeah it does it does happen so the law always takes precedent over the contract. And, yeah. and I'm not—we're not we're not attorneys, but
0: this is what we were yeah, taught. We, this know, is what we were taught. We can argue a little bit. Yeah, we can absolutely <laughs> argue a little bit. Um, well, you know, and, and on your question on the filter, it's kind of one of those things of I'm not in property management, I'm on the, the right. title side. No, yeah. But it, it, it's, it's one of those issues, okay, now this law passes, now do you start providing that from a property management standpoint a maintenance where... You're going around and making sure these things are, because I'm sure a twenty dollars filter is a little bit cheaper than a full air conditioning. unit It's a great point, Rick. You know a lot of times uh, I know there
1: are property management companies that do do that. What we do is we put a home inspector in the home about six month uh, midterm to make sure everything's being taken care of properly. But we make it the tenant's responsibility to change those filters. And even in those cases where landlords provide, they make the tenants pay for it, right And it's usually a lot more expensive than they could do it themselves. That's the thing. That's what we've chosen to let the tenants be responsible and we check to make sure they're doing it when we can. We can't be there all the time, obviously. Right. But if let's let's say the air conditioner went out, like and, and by the way, air conditioners only go out when it's hundred plus degrees. That's because they're done. <laughs> that's right. They're they're cranking, that's when they're working, they're stressed, that's when they, they die. They all fade. Not, no air conditioners fade in the winter. They don't no. that doesn't happen. So be prepared for this. So anyway, so the air conditioner goes out, but then the uh, tech goes out There's says, gee. It's clear to me that that filter hasn't been changed in a long time. Now we have an issue. Right. Now the tenant's not only responsible for that deductible. They're responsible for any and all repairs related to that system because they weren't taking care of it. The tenant becomes financially responsible because they didn't, they neglected to do their responsibility of changing those filters. I want people to understand how important changing your filters is as a homeowner or a tenant. Right. It's yeah. important, guys. I think I'm going to go home and do mine. Yeah, Rick, you better get on that, man. It's been, it's been a while. Uh, yeah. So, and I learned and there's another thing. As a homeowner, I want to remind you something else about air conditioning. We're here in we're here here we are in July. I want you to know this. If you have a home warranty that 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 provides coverage for your air conditioners, you have to provide evidence that you've had those those uh units serviced at least twice a year. So, if you haven't had a service company come out and at least take a look at your system and check it and make sure everything's running efficiently and you, your system breaks down and you hadn't done that for a couple of years, the warranty company might not pay the claim. Right. That's, so, their, that's their out. The, that's that that is fine their fine
0: print that they put in That's
1: it. in the fine print. So remember, remember, warranty companies, they're insurance companies. That's what they're doing. So they're... They're willing to take on some of the risk, but they want you to still share in some of the responsibilities, what they're right. trying to do. For sure. So remember that. So if you're a tenant or a homeowner, make sure you're changing your filters on a periodic basis and make sure you're having, as a homeowner, you're having your units serviced uh, semi-annually so that they're performing properly.
0: You know, I'm not a big fan of, um, I, I I guess I say it this way, I lean on more of the side of the landlord than the tenant when it comes to things like this. But of course, think right. Absolutely. I just on the surface, and I haven't read it, I think this one actually, they might have got this one right. I think so, so too. To a certain degree, they might have got this right. And the reason I say that is because if the, if we were in the mountains, it wouldn't be air conditioning; it'd be furnaces or heaters, right? Exactly, right. So it, it definitely is more of a habitable situation. Right. You should, if you're renting a home, I should feel safe in it. I should know that the locks work. Yep. Right. I shouldn't have to cut PVC pipe and stick it in the windows and make sure that they can't be opened. Right. Right. Not that I'm not gonna do that anyway, but hey, maybe <laughs> right. maybe you know, the locks should work on the windows. The locks on the door should work. Absolutely. There shouldn't be a hundred keys out there for my front door. Exactly right? right. There should be things that protect the actual tenant in this case. And yeah. it, it is the landlord's home and they are they are the owner of it. I I don't like it that if it's I, I, that's where I kinda kinda go back and forth. But yeah. at the same time, you know, you're you can't always rent to somebody who has Pride in where they are. Well, that's the thing, and that's yeah. So Tenant, that's
1: tenants rarely take take care of the home as well as a homeowner. Rarely, right. it does happen. Some tenants take very nice care of the home. A lot of our tenants are very good. They do a wonderful job taking care of the properties, and others don't. And and that's the truth. And and they don't have as much incentive. Obviously, it's not
0: their home. And, but then again, it is. Right. And right. here's the thing. The way I look at this, I'm a landlord and I understand if the tenant caused the issue, they're going to have to pay for it. But reality is they're a tenant because they don't have any money to pay for an issue that big. <laughs> right. So right. why don't I just make sure that it's taken care of? That's a great point. And, and make sure that, yep. listen, I have my ducks in a row that if something does happen, yeah. I'm going to be able to get it fixed.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so many there's so many things related to that that happen in, in the uh, course of a tenancy. Um, you know... For instance, uh, well, you know what? We're coming up on another break, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about some of the issues that pop up in the tenancy, and I'm, I'm going to bounce them off of you so we'll All talk right. about how these work. So, guys, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a moment. Next time, Rick, I want to talk about, and, and John and I are going to talk about this when he comes on, John and I are going to talk about the 10 biggest mistakes borrowers make when they're buying a home. Okay. Actually, 12. We found we found 12. What you can do is maybe do, like, the 10 biggest mistakes uh, uh, buyer buyers make, um, mm-hmm. you know. Changing your name. Yeah, before. when it comes to closing an escrow. Okay. I don't know, something of that nature. Either buyers okay. or sellers. You can go either way or both. You can combine it however you want to do it for the next show.
0: I think combining I'll be able to get there. I mean, there's it, not. Yeah, and most of it all revolves for me. It revolves It's really all the same your thing. yeah, right. The, all they got to do is sign papers, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just right. Don't lie. Yeah. yeah, there's the big one. <laughs> tell us that you are married. Tell us that you're not married. There you like, go. And that'll be good. No,
1: that's a good because yeah. it, it'll make a really good video. Subsequent, you know, the ten, you know, when we title it that: "The Ten Biggest right. Mistakes Buyers and Sellers Make When They Go to Close Escrow." Okay, that's gonna be a great video. It'll get a
0: lot of play. I think it'll be a good thing to do. Can you uh, email me, Carly? Yes,
1: you will.
0: All right, <laughs> thanks, Carly. I'll I'll bounce that off my title and escrow manager there as well. you go yeah get it yeah get their, their
1: opinion on that all right we're gonna go to segment four here we go welcome back i'm harvey blankfeld you're listening to las vegas real estate now we're here every saturday at 11 a.m if you ever have a question or an idea for the program please call or text me at 702-203-1165 again that's 702- 203-1165 with me now in studio Rick Sanemi here from Equity Title and let me remind you guys also as you're listening to Rick talk and chime in on some of these issues with me and know that he's here a lot uh, and he helps set with the radio show a great deal if you're thinking you want to get some kind of help with title or escrow and you want to talk to Rick he's happy to talk to you just text his name text Rick to 702 203-1165 I'll put you in touch with Rick and he'll help you with your escrow or title issue
0: right Rick definitely and for our listeners you charge them how much again <sighs> you know for our, for the listeners of the show I'm zero.
1: There you go. I love that. That's that's what we want to hear. Um, okay, so having said that, I want to talk a little bit more. We were talking before the break we were talking about some of the issues that tenants have with regard to making some of these payments and things of that nature. So what the state of Nevada is known as a landlord friendly state. Uh Particularly when you're next to California, you look, you look like you're just. We look like bullies. We look like we're <laughs> nasty, but truth is, is that we're we're, we're much more favorable to, to landlords because I think in in most cases it's appropriate. There's not there's nothing too far, and things seem to be going back towards tenancy especially since the pandemic. There's more protection for tenants now than ever. And that, Bill, I just read you, this is another additional protection for tenants. Right. But it's not such a protection that I think goes over, the, like you said. I think they didn't go too far with this.
0: No, I think, I think they got this one you know, 80%
1: right. I think they did. I think they got this one right. But, but I want to talk a little bit just about some of the other things that have changed over time with tenancy here in Nevada that have gone a little more towards the tenant and away from the landlord. And one of them is, is that how we deal with security deposits. Security deposits for tenancy, for those of you who don't know, security deposits, that amount of money you give to the the management company or the landlord holds in a separate account, basically it's your money, it's the tenant's money, but it sits there until they end their tenancy and then leave and then it's used to repair anything that they've, they've done to the property beyond normal wear and tear, the damaged property beyond normal wear and tear that's a key term guys remember the term normal wear and tear because what happens is the state has changed the rules a bit so it used to be when i first started doing property management let's say for instance you have a dog and the dog ruined the carpet i mean the dog just destroyed the carpet you know didn't didn't know they were supposed to go outside it went inside all <laughs> the time and the carpet's just you know it's awful and i i, I hate hate to know that people live like that but sometimes they did right and and bad things happen to the carpet and so it used to be that basically the landlord could make the tenant, when they left, pay for a brand-new carpet. Mr. Mister, Mr. Mrs. Tenant, I'm sorry to say that your, your dog destroyed my carpet. We need new carpet. We can't, this is, carpet is not salvageable. There's no way I can rent it to somebody else. So I've got to put new carpet in. You're going to have to pay for it, you know, maybe a three or $4,000 tab, something of that nature. Now what now it says is that has to be prorated. So if that carpet initially started as a 6- or 7-year-old carpet when they moved in, you can't make them pay for the whole carpet. You can only make them pay for a prorated amount based on the age of the carpet. Now we have to actually do some math.
0: Is there like a statutory
1: rule of how long carpet lasts? <sighs> there is, and I, I'd hate to tell you, I'd hate to guess. You don't, but, uh, don't but, guess, but there is one. Yes. So there is a number. There's a
0: number. There is a number. So you know what you're dealing with. Carpets, let's let's say year. it's eight years.
1: Okay. The carpet should last eight years. And if it's eight years, and the carpet was six years when you started, you're only responsible for two of those eight years. And so now the tenant can only be held accountable for one quarter of that cost of that replacement. Fair enough. That's the new rules. That's the new math in in doing it. And this this has been around for a while, but I wanted to point out to you because as we're talking about tenancy and some of the things that affect tenancy, that's an important element. And that's a pretty common issue is carpets get damaged in tenancy. They do. What about paint? Paint, great great question. So when you're dealing with walls, this is something that's always been a kind of a pet peeve of mine. And so some landlords insist that you go around and, and, and patch any holes that you made from nails or this, that, or the other. My problem with that is, is those patches are usually worse than the hole itself. Right. And so when you go to back to paint it, particularly when you have a textured wall, when you have the orange peel texture on the wall, and the tenants trying to the tenant can't match that texture, I mean, no. I wouldn't expect them to. So I'd rather just have the hole. Honestly, just leave the hole alone.
0: Well, especially if it's just a, a nail hole, you paint over it, it's, you're not even going to know it's there.
1: And not only that, in all likelihood, the next tenant's put a picture there anyway, you know, in all likelihood. not Maybe not necessarily, but perhaps they are. Or at least where it's going to cover the hole. Right. They'll do something to cover right. the hole. Now, so as a landlord and, and, you, and a tenant walks in, they say, say well, is the landlord going to fix that hole? Is he? And the landlord's going to say, no, no, I'm not going to fix that hole. If you don't like it, then don't rent. Right but if you 're okay with it, fine, and now, when you leave you 're not going to fix them either exactly so. right, so you don 't become responsible so, but but paint if if for instance the dog 's scratching the wall or tearing up the baseboards or whatever, now the tenant becomes responsible for that, but paint has a lifespan too right and the, and the state says we have to prorate that also if you haven 't painted the house and i 'm going to guess the number again, maybe twelve years or something of that nature. Then perhaps uh, you may have to. The landlord may be responsible for an entire repainting, ir- regardless of what the tenant did. That's
0: a possibility. So it depends upon the age of the property. Let me give you a scenario. Go ahead. So what happens if it's a, a bedroom? So the dog just tore up the bedroom, but the rest of the house perfectly fine. Great point. So would they be just responsible for the prorated portion of the bedroom or the entire house? Okay. Yes. Now here's what I would say to that. They would be now even
1: if it was only one wall in the bedroom. They would be responsible for the whole bedroom, because you can't just pay, if you once you paint one wall, the rest of the walls look like crap. Right? Okay, they look terrible. That's, but so yes, they would only be held accountable for that bedroom, but the whole bedroom, not just the wall or the area where it was damaged. They okay. would be responsible for the whole bedroom. Um, and again, it would have to be prorated. prorated. It would be prorated once again. So as a tenant, you know you have these protections. I want tenants to be aware of that. This is a,
0: this is an important element going forward. Since the real estate's a land of disclosures, so <laughs> yeah, is right. there is there. A, <laughs> I mean, this this is one. Is there a disclosure that kind? Of, I know there's not one, but there's not. It, it seems that there'd be like, hey, here's your price list. Yeah, right. Yeah, like carpet's going to cost this for the house. Paint's right. going to cost this. Yeah, and this is how much time is left. So you could be stuck with this bill, right? When you move out, as like a kind of upfront. I'm, I'm surprised. I that. would think that we would be able to put the the lifespan of
1: the various elements, but not specific to that home. And here's why, Rick. As a manager, I don't know that I want the tenant to know that, that that carpet's already eight years old, right. and they don't have to worry
0: about They're it. They don't have to worry about it. Because the carpet might last longer. Or to go off to go, to go right. go really out there, what happens if that's what determined the security deposit? Indeed. If the, the life of all these things were... The cost was this. This is how much life was left. The calculation was... This is how much to replace everything on the list. That's your security deposit.
1: Yeah. That's, so now that's, it gets tricky because the security deposits are limited, too. It's, there's an amount we're not allowed to charge beyond. So, right. Is it like two months rent? Yeah. Like that's that? it. Yeah. You can't go beyond that. So, you have to keep it. But, and look, if there's brand new carpet and brand new paint, that number is going to be huge. <laughs> So yeah, so right. that that's the challenge. But then again, from a tenant's perspective, that's a house I want to be in. It's everything's maybe, fresh and new, and, and
0: maybe I'll pay
1: it. And I'm a responsible person, and I'm going to be I'm going to take good care of it. So I'm not going to worry about these things. But those are some of the elements of of being a tenant here in Nevada that you have to be aware of. Um, and you know, as we look as we look forward to things continuing to change, as they will. Now there was a bunch of bills put before the governor that he vetoed. And and uh, these were these were bills that I I'm kind of glad he did. They they went. I think they did go a little too far yeah. on some of these things, and they were trying to get protections that were not appropriate. You know, when it comes to eviction, I don't want to see anybody on the street. But I think eviction is already hard enough here in, in in Nevada, and landlords need protection too
0: from tenants who do yeah, just because they have the money doesn't mean they have to pay for it exactly
1: well not only that and some of them don't have the money I mean some, right. there are landlords out there who are counting on that income to, for their retirement that's right you know and, and we have to honor that so uh, the, the wealth or lack of wealth for the landlord should not be an issue it, right. it should just be. Tight. Landlords be, need some measure of protection. It shouldn't be too. considered. That should not be in the consideration. It, exactly. So it needs to be part of the. It needs to be part of the equation. But it needs to be only a part. It doesn't mean say, hey, the landlord pay, picks up all the tab. The landlords picked up a lot of tab during during the pandemic already. Um, uh, unfortunately, and that's the way it, that's the way it went. Um, but but going forward look I, I think we all can recognize the state of nevada is going a little more tenant friendly they're leaning more towards a tenant friendly state but we're still honestly we're still a landlord friendly state we're still and compared to those other states around us we're very landlord friendly and a good place to as you're uh, if you're an investor out there know that know that you're going to get protections here that you might not get elsewhere what a fun real estate hour we've had today rick um I want to thank Mark, our production director. I thank Carly once again for doing a great job. And I want to thank our outstanding contributors today, that being Rick Senemy from Equity Title. You've been listening to Las Vegas Real Estate Now. I'm your host, Harvey Blankfeld. Next week, we'll have another wonderful hour for you. Our guest will be John Ingram. Um, if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, just call me off air or text me at 702-203-1165. Again, that's 702 702- Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, that being LV Real Estate Radio. Like and follow us on social media, our handle being at LV Real Estate Radio. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us this week. Remember, while we seek to educate, empower, and engage with you, we want you to learn, understand, and then act. Hey, happy 4th to all of you guys. We'll meet you on the radio next Saturday at 11 a.m. right here on 101.5 Don.